an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Welcome, everyone, to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Joined, as always, on Friday, my co-host, Sean Phelan, Agent of Chaos. Yes, on video, too. Yes, we have you on video today. Yes, now yeah. you can understand my face for radio. Yes. <laughs> so so those of you out on Radio Land, we, we do broadcast over YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. So usually I'm on video. If you were watching us on video, you'd see me in a nice banana shirt. Yeah, um, nice banana shirt, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but you can see Sean's face if you're watching us on social media. But for those of you who aren't, you're just going to have to imagine what Sean looks like. And he is mostly staring up at his camera right now. And uh, you, you got it better. You got better than you were before. But yeah. yeah. It's first time, so we got to work the bugs out. Yeah, it's all right. No, you're on, you're on camera. It's a good thing. Better late than never. It only took, what, six months? It's fine. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Um, happy uh, phase, phase Four Friday, everyone. It's Phase Four. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, about time. So it's a great day unless you want to go to the gym. Then it's not a great day. Then you can't go to the gym still. Actually, not true. I you, um, you can go to the gym. I actually went past. Uh, I, I was actually going to Three Heads Brewing over there on Atlantic Avenue, and as I was driving down Atlantic Avenue from the soda side, um, there was a gym that they dragged all the equipment out in the parking lot and everybody was like eight, ten feet away from each other. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I guess you can't go inside the gym, right? But if you're going to do workouts outside, yeah, there's, you know, I, I, I live over that way. So uh, there, there is a, a gym out there. And I always see them even before this, they would go and do workouts outside. They do group workouts there, which those mm. are starting to come back. There's people going to parks, having workouts. So you can do your own thing. You can figure it out if you really want to. Um, just the, the inside gym thing just uh, ain't really happening right now. But that's all right. Yeah, um, it's just the, everybody's, you know, I mean, that. Well, see, that I can understand. Right. I mean, you know, everybody's breathing heavily, and, you know, even though the people in the place are probably, like, the most healthiest people you can get in, in, in the population, you know, but still, you know, it, that's, that's kind of extreme. I know. I, I just we, we we talked about this yesterday. We we need to beat a dead horse about this. We talked about this yesterday, talking about uh, the uh, the the gym owner out in Massachusetts who tried to open up. All the gym owners here in New York who want thought they were opening up today, but they're not. If I were a business owner, I'd be upset about that. That's terrible. But a bunch of other stuff's open. Maybe gyms will open up in phase ten, twenty, thirty, wherever it is. They'll do it. Phase twenty. Oh, phase good. twenty. Oh, no, no, no. Please. Phase four is supposed to be the final four. Yeah, phase 20 is when we get to, to go back to football games. But 
Nope. Nope. That is what it is. But you know, we, we did want to talk about some other stuff, though. Besides Phase 4 Friday, we did want to talk about a few other things as well. We wanted to talk about uh, some of the police reform issues that were coming through. Because it, it, Sean and I were talking, we realized that we never actually talked about the nitty-gritty of the bills that are coming out. There's, there's just all the New York State bills. You know, we, we interviewed an assembly member last week, uh, or not an assembly member, excuse me, a candidate for New York State Assembly, Peter Vasquez, and you can catch that interview uh, on any of our social media pages or on our podcast. We do have a podcast. Look it up. It's anywhere. Last Thursday, we interviewed Peter, talked about a couple of those issues, but we didn't get to all of them. And we, 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 we like to dive deep on policy in this show, and we didn't get to talk about the policies actually coming out of New York State. What does all, do all these protests mean? What's actually going to come out of it? Where are we going with it all? So, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, sure. So, the, <laughs> so uh, let's talk about so, so, the, any, any highlights that you, you want to, to call out in terms of your favorite or least favorite parts of the, the New York State one. We'll go with New York State one. There's, there's stuff happening on the federal level, too. I want to get to it, but let's go, let's, let's go with the New York State one first. Well, I like that they push this like no chokehold law that the well not law but policy with the police now and i i think that's uh important yeah the no chokehold thing is is huge so that i think they they end up calling that like the eric garner um chokehold act and that is assembly bill a six one four four b Looking at that, uh, wow. Okay. Oh, you know, I oh, I got the bill numbers. I I looked it up. I came prepared for this show. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not just flying off the seat of my pants this time. Oh, what I'm are you prepared. doing preparing without me like that? I know. <laughs> That's not how we do things. No, it is of course. Uh, so that one establishes criminal penalties for police officers who use a chokehold, and that has in fact already been enforced. Sean, you yes. you found a story about this. A New York uh, police officer has already been charged under this law. Yes, he has. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there was an incident. Um, I saw the video um, in Far Rockaway, which is uh, down on Long Island. It's the uh, lower end of Queens uh, on the like the, the little border island that, that goes around the bottom of Long Island. And, um, yeah, they uh, some guys were drunk at the beach and... You know, the cops knew them, and at one point, one guy kind of looks like he just kind of backed himself up to a fence or something, and and I don't know, the cops just kind of jumped him, and they said that he raised his arms, but, you know, like he was going to hit the officer, but that's not what happened. So when they took him down, supposedly they put him in a chokehold, and the video was enough to have the cops suspended. Wow. Yeah, and I, and I posted that that link in the uh, the comments for those of you who are paying attention online too. Uh, sorry for those of you uh, listening at home. I posted the CNN link. You can you can find it. It's out there. Um, but yeah, no, they so you that officer was charged under that law. And uh, let me let me see if I can find that officer's name because I had it had it open earlier. Now, was that a law or a policy? David uh, Athanador. So it was a policy before. Right, so it was a policy. They weren't really supposed to use uh, chokeholds um, to restrain suspects. That's not like an approved way of restraining uh, someone who's being detained. But now, because of incidences like Eric Garner, who of course was the the man who was um, 
uh, choked to death by police officers back in 2014. He was selling loose cigarettes down in New York. Right. The officers didn't get charged for that. Uh, so that didn't happen. So New York State created this law to do that. And was interesting, like the conversation last week uh, with uh, that assembly candidate is he, he thought that this law went too far, that uh, police officers should have the ability to be able to do that. But now we, we've made it illegal, and this officer is going to get charged with uh, attempted strangulation um, and strangulation. Uh, and that's uh, coming from the, the Queen's DA. So moving forward with that, that, you know, that type of thing, no longer okay if a police officer chokes someone in the, the process of detaining them they can face criminal penalty for their actions. Yeah, I, I can understand, you know, it's, it's not easy being a police officer for, for the get, you know, right from the start, but their aptitude to just go straight to using violence, it, it's disturbing, and I'm glad we're finally doing something about it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like, a lot of this does look like unnecessary escalation, so there's got to be some other way to... to make sure that these types of things don't happen. And I know those guys are being jerks, but like, and people are jerks all the time. You, you, you got to deal with jerks and other jobs too. But you know, when, when you're, when you're sitting in a retail job, you, you don't have the, the option to be able to like, you know, sucker punch that customer who's being rude. You right. Just kind of find a different way to deal with it. Right. Um, Michelle Ann on Facebook was saying that, that there were ways to hold someone without choking them. And I worked at Hillside briefly and uh, Hillside uh, is a, um, place for troubled kids and they uh, teach you how to like restrain uh, a child or, or a teenager and chokehold is not one of the moves yeah right so I mean that's that's the big thing it's like you, you have these professionals like like yourself who who worked in group settings with um, you know with children and youth and you you can't do that and it's already well established that you could lose your job in that situation for that uh, you know, unfortunately, police officers who, who do use these chokeholds and, and actually end up injuring or killing someone between there not being a law for that, there is one now, and qualified immunity, which, you know, we've talked about on this show before, prevents people from being able to sue police officers unless there is a specific prior case where all the same conditions match that prove you violate someone's constitutional rights. Otherwise, police officers can't be sued. Uh yeah, the, it, people get away with it, and people get away with uh, with hurting folks. And without the cameras there, it's a big issue. And that's an, another part is that uh, body-worn cameras are required by all New York State police officers now. Um, so yeah. that's, that all those are going to be on it, although it's going to be interesting. I think those things, uh, they're, they're, they're a double-edged sword sometimes. So. But uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening here on Radio Free New York. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. We're going to go over the details. What do these laws actually do? How do they impact us? Talk to you in a few. You're listening to Radio Free New York. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Sean Phelan. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're live on WYSL until 1 p.m. today. This is Friday. If you're listening to one of the weekend rebroadcasts, we're live today. So if you want to participate in the discussion today, here on Friday, give us a call, 585-346-3000. So, and that's 585-346-3000. Give us a call. 
participate in the discussion. Let us know what you think of some of the, we're, we're talking about some of the new, the laws that came out well, like a couple weeks ago now from uh, New York State and whether or not they're gonna actually make a difference, whether they make sense. Uh, so one of the biggest ones was repeal 50A. That is the, the law that um, basically shields police misconduct records. You know, as civil employees, they, uh, their records are sealed. So uh, now you can send a freedom of information request to uncover those records of police officers and find out if they have a history of misconduct that you might not know, the stuff that might not come out until after a crime occurs. John, good, good thing, bad thing? I think any transparency is a good thing. Yeah. I tend to agree. I like that one. I was fine with uh, 50A. Uh, some, of the, some of the other ones I, I thought was a little bit strange. There's one, it's A1360A, that's the bill number, provides the right to record police activity. Uh, that's the summary of it. I was pretty sure that was already a thing. Like, like don't don't we already have a right to record the police? What wasn't I, that like pretty well established before? Like, you have a right to record the police. Yeah, I think this woman in Rochester a couple of years back that kind of like brought that to national attention. Yeah, Emily Good. <laughs> Emily Good. So she yeah she ran for sheriff on the Green Party line. So she she had recorded um, it, some some sort of police incident, and yeah, it seemed pretty well established that that you could do that as long as you're not actually interfering with uh, police business, right? Like if you're like in there and like trying to shove your camera in between like a police officer and someone being detained, like, yeah, you can't, I don't think you could do that. Pretty sure. Yeah, um, definitely you have to keep your distance and, uh, and I understand that, but I'm a little bothered by some of the police that like, you know, somebody's 20 feet away, you know, they're literally like five, six steps away and yet they, the cop will say, oh, you need to back up because I feel threatened by you. You're the one with the gun and the, and the mace and the, and the taser, buddy. I mean, if you're afraid of a camera, then you might want to check your morality of what you're doing. Yeah, and that, that's, that's accountability. And again, recording these incidents, the same reason, you know, you have these body-worn cameras too. It's so you have accountability, you have a record of what uh, goes on. And, and sometimes it ends up exonerating the officers too. Like sometimes really like, the situation is justified, whatever the officer is doing, because of someone's asking, and it, it's it, based on the hearsay of the moment. It, it doesn't, you know, actually make sense to press charges against an officer, right? Uh, right. Based on like what you see in the actual recording versus what people say about the incident. So this will give you a neutral point of view, and I think recording, providing that transparency, it's always been a fundamental right. I don't, I don't think this gave this a right to do that. I think we always had that, but you know, I guess putting it in law is nice for clarity's sake I'm, I'm sure there's some legal reason why that's much better than like what i already presumed was a legal right but whatever we'll, we'll let the lawyers figure that out the lawyer shows after this we'll, we'll let them talk so in summary what you're saying is that they passed a law to give us the right to something that we already had the right to do so it made it look like they were doing something about the situation yeah Did i got I, that right yeah like, I, I'm sure there's some okay. legitimate good reason why this needed to happen. I'm just, I, I, I was pretty sure that was already a thing. But, but anyway, moving on. So, so a couple of the other things um, that they have. Um, the attorney general can now prosecute cases uh, involving the death of a person by a police officer. So it doesn't have to be like the, that's the state attorney general. So it doesn't have to be like the local DA who may have a close relationship with uh, a local police department. 
and, and works with them all the time, creates some conflict of interest. Now the state uh, attorney general can prosecute those cases herself if uh, she wanted to, if felt it rose to that occasion. I guess there's some barrier to that before. Hmm. Uh, well, I just want to see, like, cops held accountable, you know. Um, we already have, you know, enough laws for, for the people, you know. And, right. uh, yeah, when something yeah. goes wrong, you know, that feels like that someone should be able to, to do something about it, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other ones. Uh, prohibits law enforcement from using racial and ethnic profiling. Uh, also thought that was already illegal. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, okay, whatever. Like, I Look guess at us. That's... We're doing something. Yeah, there's also an establishment of a law enforcement misconduct investigati- investigative office, you know. So now we've got a new thing to fund. Hooray. Um, so let's see the, the stat act, which requires courts to maintain and report records concerning arrests and court proceedings, uh, including demographic information, such as race, ethnicity, and sex. I actually think that makes sense. Like I thought I, that was another one. I, I thought they were doing that before, but apparently they weren't, that wasn't a requirement. So it would be good to know, like statistically what's actually going on in terms of law enforcement, right? Like, and, and if you do have any actual disparities or biases going on, you, you'd be able to see it right there in the data. So, yeah. sure, why not? That one's fine. That one's good. Uh, you know, I think one of the more controversial ones is the um, establishing uh, penalties for calling someone when there is uh, no reason to believe a crime is occurring. And, th- and that one kind of came out of, you remember that incident that happened in, in Central Park where the woman was, was calling the police on, on the bird watcher? Yeah, the guy the woman, was, she was walking her dog and just was like, oh, my God, a black man. Rah! And she started, like. Yeah. You know, acting like he was coming toward her and he was standing right there. Yeah, right. And so, you know, the the guy was the guy asked her to, to leash your dog because he, he was a bird watcher. He's actually part of some like national um Audubon Society. He's like on the board of that organization and the dog mm. was like scaring off some of the ground based birds. So he's like, Hey, can you leash your dog? Woman freaked out, got upset, you know, and, and called the police officer and implied that uh, that guy was threatening, right? And you know, we talk about this before too. Like, it, you know, when you when you have these situations, police officers may come in. They don't know what's going on. They assume that the person calling is telling the truth. That you know, they need to come in and and use violence to be able to stop the situation. So it is a way to you know outsource violence to the state against someone that you know may not actually be a threat to you. But I, I did think it was already a crime to do that. But I guess it's some additional crime now if there's like a, a racial motivation behind it is what i i understood my thing is shouldn't her dog have been on a leash legally anyway yeah yeah no legally so no no she was legally, the one breaking, she was in, breaking yeah, the law she, she was the one and and then she it seems like she may have some of her own problems uh oh yeah 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 just not not going into that whole story there there are other people who have done that but yeah, that was serious the, Karen material. Yeah, but, but you know, again, yeah, she should have been having a dog on a leash. It's not an unreasonable thing to ask someone to leash your dog. It drives me nuts. When I see someone in the park and, like, their dog is unleashed, my dog is very friendly but very dumb, and he wants mm. to immediately jump on any dog that comes near him as a playful mm. thing. Other dogs right. think that he's attacking, though, because he's a 100-pound black lab right. and thinks that they're jumping on the dog, and sometimes the dogs act aggressively. Please leash your dogs. That's right. my soapbox for today. Went on yeah, about any, texting yesterday. Now I'm going on about leash dog. Leash your dogs, guys. Anytime somebody has an unleashed dog that comes up to me, I you know immediately notify the dog that I have not had all my shots. Don't bite me. 
That's just good safety precaution, John. Yeah. Does the dog understand? I, I, it's funny. I actually once uh, was exercising when I was going up and down the street a couple of years ago, and uh, I guess I, you know, I had my headphones on, the music on, and then I just got this like bad feeling from my back right, and as I looked, there were two like huge hundred pound dogs charging at me, and I just went, "Hey, I haven't had my shots," and both dogs stopped dead in their tracks and were like, "Oh, okay." Sorry about that. We'll go back in the house again. <laughs> so is that what they said to you, Sean? Yeah, they, this, that was the look on their face, and they did. They turned <laughs> and went right back in the house. Yeah. The owner um, was at the door. They snuck out, you know, and came after me. Wow. That's nuts. Um, but kind of wrapping up, because we only have a, a couple minutes left, but with the, the calling thing, if there is an additional penalty, I think it's going to be tough to prove racial motivation in some of these cases. I Again, I, I assume that filing a, a false report with the police was already uh, a crime. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was already a thing. I, I guess this adds, like, from what I understood, if I'm understanding it correctly, which I may not be, and it added, a, like, kind of a, if you're you're doing it with, with a, a racist intent that there's some additional penalty with that but you know like we're, we're talking with our producer over the break like all the people calling about um you know the the zoo animals getting out the rochester zoo i'm pretty sure that's still filing a false report it's a different motivation but still already a crime pretty sure we're creating new laws we're going to talk more about uh i think we wrap up state stuff we'll talk more about some of the federal stuff after the break uh, thanks again for joining us here on radio free new york we're going to be back in a few minutes listening to Radio Free New York. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Sean Phelan, our agent of chaos. Oh, yeah. Yep. Thank you for joining us here. Whether you're joining us on WYSL, you're joining us online, live on YouTube, Facebook pages, Twitter, however you choose to listen, our podcast afterwards, or our partners over at WACK out in Newark or WENY, the Patriot down in the Southern Tier. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate you being here. We're going to shift shift a little bit. We got we to talk about policy issues. We, we, we need to address them. We want to address them. We don't, we don't need to. We can do whatever we want. We don't need to do anything. But we want to address them. We want you to be informed. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, as you furiously research the topic as we're live on air, Sean, I will introduce <laughs> it. <laughs> Please go ahead. I, I, I know what you're doing. I know what's going on here. Uh, so I want to talk about some of the federal bills, too, because there's a bill that just passed the House. Uh, I think they're calling it the, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act right now. There's a House bill that uh, attempts – to address many of the national policing issues that we've been talking about. Uh, it's going to probably cost a lot of money. There's also the uh, Just Amash Ending Qualified Immunity Act, which is its own standalone bill. It's a great thing. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about that a bit. Very specific. A four-page long bill, unheard of in Congress nowadays. Just doesn't happen. Not anymore. Four pages long. Imagine that. A simple bill. And then there's a Senate version. A Senate bill that also tries to address some of the policing issues. That's called a the Justice Act. And that was uh, sponsored by Tim Scott, who is, I think, the only African-American uh, black Republican in uh, the Senate. Um, he's from South Carolina. And he has, he has a lot of interesting experiences, so he's, he's trying to address that. So, so you got these different kind of competing priorities go on, right? And so we'll, we'll start, let's start with the House bill, right? So in the broad sense, the House bill attempts to do a little something about qualified immunity, although it doesn't quite do what Justin Amash's bill does, which is unfortunate, and they didn't let him uh, add that bill as an amendment to the Justice and Policing Act. Uh, it's, by the way, it's, a, it's a 134 pages wrong. It, it provides a lot of money for data collection, tracking police misconduct, body cameras. Uh, it re requires more review of no-knock warrants, uh, uh, makes chokeholds illegal, uh, provides some limitations on military equipment for police departments. Um, I still and, can't and get over. I still can't get over that the the school district had grenade launchers. Grenade launchers. <sighs> LA schools must be wild. I, you know, I just. Oh, I tell you, Sean, that's it. You, you, you want it just in case you need it, right? For what purpose? You never know when a grenade launcher is going to come in handy in a school setting. It's. Just gotta have it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, so just police. It has a lot of good things. Um, a lot of things that kind of, I think, attempt to do things well. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm totally sold on on all of it. But Justin Amash has a pretty good thread about that, and and he says some of the issues with that bill are again that it doesn't actually end qualified immunity for a lot of people, for most officials, prison guards, things like that, and it kind of locks some of the provisions of qualified immunity in place and actually immunizes other individuals from abusing rights outside of police officers, which is kind of contrary to the intent of the original Civil Rights Act of 1871, which was a bill way back when to say basically, like, if a government official abuses you, then we can pre press charges against them and, and sue them in court. That was the intent of the bill, and it kind of got flipped around. It provides more money for police and prosecutors. Uh, so basically, if they follow certain incentives, police get more money, and they actually have to increase the amount of money that they spend, uh, even though there's a push from some people to defund police departments and maybe scale back the role of policing in their communities. This federal bill uh, kind of forces a lot of communities to end up taking more funds. And then, again, you get more dependent on federal government. You have to do whatever they say and, you know, the the things like the chokehold thing, they again well intentioned. I don't know the the Senate bill does something similar, so that that Republican bill basically says, well, if you don't follow these rules, like the chokehold things, like the collecting data on, you know, how crimes are enforced across races, genders, communities, things like that, then they'll pull away federal funds. The Democrat bill just kind of says you have to do it which I think you may run into some constitutional issues with that, I think. 
So the Republican bill kind of does it. Republican bill just says, do this stuff or we won't give you money. The Democratic bill just says, do this stuff and we're going to give you money. Mm. I just hope that the bottom line is, is that some lawyer doesn't use, you know, oh, well, you used an illegal chokehold on my client and then the client walks. That would be bad. Yeah. Right. So anyway, a lot of these things, though, again, it's uh, if cities are taking federal dollars, they want federal dollars, then they have to comply with this stuff. That, that's most of what this attempts to do. The House bill just goes a little bit further and saying, no, you have to do this no matter what. Or we're going to kind of put pressure on other areas outside of law enforcement, too. Uh, let's see. What, what else? Um, they, I guess they weirdly took out the anti-lynching bill. So I'm not sure. That, that just happened earlier today. I'm not sure what's going on with that. That was in the House bill. Uh, so uh, anti-lynching? I mean, really? That's... Not illegal? It is already illegal. Actually, it, this is a tough issue. And I, I don't remember if it was you and I who talked about it on the show, but the anti-lynching bill that was blocked in the Senate, and it was passed overwhelmingly in the House, but excluded people like Justin Amash and like a handful of other people because they basically they said it doesn't actually create the crime of lynching. That is already a crime. It creates all these other associated crimes and expands the death penalty for other crimes. So it doesn't quite accomplish what the name implies. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm not going to go over that whole thing again, but you can look it up. Justin Amash has a, a thread on, on why that um, does. You know, again, with a lot of this, it's going to federalize some of these police issues that really need to be addressed at the state level. Again, what, what I think needs to be done, ending qualified immunity from the federal level, uh, ending the 1033 program, ending the war on drugs, creating fewer laws in general. A lot of this stuff that if you actually have a concern about over-policing, you have a concern about police violence, a lot of this needs to happen at the state and local level, but the federal level can do these few things. This is getting the federal government more involved in policing which only works if you think that the federal government has the best intentions in mind, which blows my <laughs> mind because Democrats at the same time are trying to get the feds more involved in policing while at the same time calling Donald Trump a tyrant. Goodness, it does not make sense to me. Nope. No. Why are we, why are we building incentives that do that thing? But, yeah, it's just uh, the the laws that we currently have, like – we need to take all of them off the books, everything, and just restart because there's just some ridiculous laws out there. There's things that are so redundant, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, there, just, just a ton of stuff that we need to get rid of. Fewer laws in general, I'm, I'm in favor of that. Fewer things that are handled by the state and more things that are handled by kind of like civil courts and conflicts between individuals. Mm -hmm. it, what's going to end up happening with this, though, just because we only have a minute left, is that it probably nothing's going to happen. The Republicans say that qualified immunity, even the weakened version in the House bill, is a poison pill for the party. The Republicans are opposed to holding employees of public sector unions accountable for their actions to be able to be sued in civil court. So 
That's that's a non non starter apparently. Maybe they'll pass both versions of this, the Justice Act and the Justice and Police Acting. They they'll get together in conference and they'll come up with a compromise bill that will get through. Um, I think chances are it's going to spend a bunch of more money. It's going to expand the power of the federal government and not address the three underlying issues that I want to address, which are again ending qualified immunity, ending the militarization of the police, and ending the war on drugs. I think those are the things that need to be addressed. They ain't going to be judged. Uh, I, I, I know we have a caller on the line. I don't know that we have enough time to get to the caller right now. So we're going to go oh. to break, and then we'll talk to John from Rochester right after the break. And then we'll go do some fake news Friday. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Radio for New York. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. You heard the fake news sound, but we're going to wait just a second because we've got a phone call, and we love getting phone calls from our listeners. We have John from Rochester on the line. John, what's hey on your guys. mind? Hey, John. How, 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 you doing? how are you doing? I just want to do, uh, you know, the chokehold thing. I'll tell you, you guys saw the uh, replay of what happened in Atlanta. That uh, murder victim, I shouldn't say murder victim, but he was killed by the police uh, shooting him. Uh, he he overpowered both of those guys. Those those two cops looked pretty strong and big. This guy overpowered them. So eliminating the chokehold, I think, is a real detriment to the police. I think it shouldn't be uh, uh, prohibited. Uh, I'll, I, and I'll tell you, for the most part, Let's face it, the police do an unbelievable job when you consider, I've heard statistics like they have contact in in various incidents in the United States on a yearly basis of like 375 million. And out of that 375 million, it comes down to just a a handful of unfortunate uh, deaths that happen to George Floyd and this fellow in Atlanta, but the the fellow in Atlanta definitely overpowered those police and then uh, used that taser to try to uh, disable this, one of the cops. I, it, it's unbelievable to me that they would eliminate the chokehold because you're going to need the chokehold uh, to apprehend and get under control some of these suspects that are bigger and uh, stronger than the police. I'll give you another example. I don't know if you remember uh, the Brenda Hardaway case. Uh, probably about 10 years ago, maybe a little uh, less than eight years ago, it was a lady in the inner city. Uh, the police were sent to the house. Uh, there was a disorderly conduct by one of the men in the house. So they, the police come out. They try to apprehend and take away the uh, aggress- aggressive male. And Brenda Hardaway uh, jumped on the police back and... Uh, she was pregnant at the time, too, but she was a big woman, and uh, this cop, who was big himself, had a heck of a time uh, getting control of her and finally had to throw her to the ground. And it made the front page of the Democrat and Chronicle. 
pro- police brutality, a pregnant woman, etc. But in the end, after they viewed the videos and everything else, it was found that uh, she actually was charged and convicted of a disorderly conduct herself on a police officer. So these police, and, and this is a woman who uh, was o- almost overpowered a pretty good-sized policeman. So you need, and the police need these chokeholds, I think, to, uh, to be safe. Well, I, you know, I appreciate your comments, John, and, and I'll, I'll keep you on the line for a second because I want to uh, ask a, a follow-up question of you, just because, I, and I know Sean's thinking it too, it's like, shouldn't we, again, I, I think a couple things here, actually. One, first of all, I think that we need fewer situations in which police are used to address a problem in the community, right? Most contacts with police aren't bad incidents. Most police officers are trying to do what they can to keep their community safe. And they want to help people out, but but once you go, you know, if, if police are having millions of contacts each year, if we can reduce the number of contacts, we reduce the danger that police officers are in, and we reduce the dangers that you know people are in too. When you do have a bad police officer who has ill intent, and then the other thing too is you know there are other organizations. We had, we had we had comments who are like teachers who are working with students, and and they can't use chokeholds in their classrooms. They have to do what they can to keep people safe. Now, Sean's been in that situation. We're talking about shouldn't police officers who have, I think, at least a moral obligation to keep people safe that they're taking into custody, shouldn't police officers avoid using force beyond what is necessary and avoid risky maneuvers that put the people that they're trying to detain in unnecessary danger? Well, in the two case examples I gave you, the Brenda Hardaway case and... Uh the Atlanta case, in both in both cases, the officers were really at risk. Uh, I don't think uh, the officer in the Brenda Hardaway case used a chokehold, but but uh, in my mind, he could have to try to uh, neutralize her. She she was quite the danger, and of course, the fellow down in New, uh, Atlanta, overpowering the two police officers, uh, they were afraid for their lives. But. Uh, I, we, we I think when you Friday think, think too, about the 375 million yeah. contacts that they have, uh, it's it's minuscule. The uh, the bad cops in that in in that sample. So uh, I I think that I think they should keep the chokeholds in in play. Uh, it's going to benefit the, the police. It's going to benefit society because when they use the chokehold, it's in the, in the case of uh, usually a suspect trying to overpower them, and they're fighting for their lives. Have you guys ever been in a fight where you <laughs> had to use a chokehold? No. no. That's probably more of a you. Yeah, no, I've done I, like I security. Have. I never had to. Um, you know, and I, I have to disagree with you here, John, because um, I watched the video of the Atlanta situation, and, you know, the, the, the person was fleeing. So, you, yeah, but you he turned. Only do... he tur- yeah, but he turned around to shoot. What with a taser? In, in, in a fraction of a second, can you say, Sean, that you could you would be able to react uh, that quickly? It was a fraction of a second. He turned around and and shot toward the police officer. It was a it was a split second. Yeah, if he, it's a taser, though, so yeah, you're he, meeting non-lethal yeah, with yeah, lethal. Yeah, but if he gets if he gets destabilized. 
he could have his gun taken away and shot in the head. I, I, I know of a cop from, uh, who grew up in the town of Greece. He was shot in a, in a similar situation. Now, this is going back 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, where a suspect disabled him, took his gun, and shot him in the head. Uh, that's horrible. That's horrific. But to, you know, see, here's the thing. If you can't restrain the person... This is like what I used to do with security, nightclub security. If I can't restrain the person until the police show up, then he gets away. I don't choke him out until he's unconscious or more, you know. And if it's if I was a cop, I would not use a chokehold. And if the person did run, I would just have a foot pursuit, just a foot pursuit. And that's it. You know, and eventually the, 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 he's going to get tired, and hopefully I'm in better shape than him. So I, I kind of disagree with you there. I think that uh, well, we'll agree to disagree. How how's that? I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree. How's that? Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So John, I, I I do appreciate your call though. I appreciate you bringing that perspective in. You know, and you're you're you know again. I, I think you're sharing many of the views the views of many of our listeners too who are listening to our our station and. and thinking similar things. I'm glad we could have this discussion. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, John. Yep. Yep. All right. So we got we got like a minute left to do fake news. Maybe two minutes left. So we got we got a couple things. Uh all right. I I, I gotta I gotta pull it up now. Cause I, I got one that is allegedly a tweet from the other AOC. Not not oh, Agent of one. Chaos. Uh, from uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and I've been seeing this go around all over the place and it's uh, driving me a bit nuts because I to me it seems well let me let me see if I can find it up well I'm 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 vamping so I can pull it up because it's not coming up on my computer Uh, all right I'll Uh, go then all right go quick all right did John Bolton the former National Security Advisor, accept an invitation to join the Libertarian Party as a lifetime member. No, fake news. Yes, it is fake news. Yeah, it's fake news. All right, I got got the tweet up. We got like 30 seconds. Uh, The tweet is, it's vital that governors maintain restrictions on businesses until after November elections because economic recovery will help Trump be reelected. A few business closures or job losses is a small price to pay to be free from his presidency. Hashtag keep us closed. Is that a real tweet? from AOC, Sean. Real news or fake news? I'm going to say fake news. Yeah, man. Solely fake news. Super easy to fake tweets, guys. Just but come on. I think there's some truth to it. Oh, people might be thinking it. It's truthy. It's truthy. But yeah, it does. We'll, maybe we'll talk about that more next week. We'll be back Monday with more Radio Free New York with a new show. Talk to you then. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. <laughs>